What up, HyperChange? We are live. Welcome to Scheming with Galley on Tesla. Um, I just I got off a guest podcast that I did with uh, New Money Channel. Shout out to uh, Brandon from that. And I just was scheming on Tesla so hard. Uh, I had so many ideas. Figured I'd share them with you in a live stream. Uh, just kind of stream of consciousness. I have um, all of your comments stream up here so that I can ask questions. We can go back and forth. Um, but let's just get into it. I have been scheming on this Celta Pack innovation that Tesla has came out with. Um, give me a thumbs up if you can hear me, by the way. I hope y'all can hear me. Um, but uh, Celta Pack innovation. Tesla... I believe may have uh, cracked the code on the future of the EV industry, like taking a step back from battery day. I've been thinking about, you know, what are the implications? What is the game changer here? And I, I wanted to kind of hone in on this cell to pack technology because Tesla totally changed the way, not just what the battery was, but the way that we put batteries into cars by making them not just a battery that sits there, but that's actually a structural benefit to the car. And so this was a huge breakthrough in aircraft design that Tesla had I should have pulled this up, but I don't have ready, but where aircrafts eventually like they had this exoskeleton where it was actually beneficial to the structure. And so if you think about the first principles approach by having the cell be part of the structure, you get all of these fillers and all this module removed, essentially you have more space for the battery that actually stores the energy. And so this to me is the biggest fundamental step change in the battery technology that I've been thinking a ton about with Tesla is that this cell to structure technology, thanks for correcting me there, um, is is, uh, yeah, like, I, I just think this is a huge game changer because you think about a company like Rivian, for instance, the first cell to pack product that Tesla's coming out with is gonna be the Cybertruck and the Semi-Truck, I believe. And so, to me, these are the products where Tesla needs this more expensive, more heavy duty, more efficient battery because you're having a truck that pulls massive weight. And so, I've been really thinking about how does anyone without a cell to pack technology even remotely begin to compete with Tesla because Tesla not only is building a better battery cell in-house, but they have a 20%, let's call it efficiency improvement, just from the first principle space approach of the design. And nobody else has come out of this. Celta chassis, or chassis, so I don't know how to say that. That's an even better term for it. Uh, this isn't the new studio, by the way. But um, so this is really, really fascinating to me that I, I just think this kind of got swept under the rug that the 4680 and the bigger cell isn't as much as a big deal as the Celta structure game changer, which to me, no vehicle... You cannot have a side-by-side -side competition of the Rivian truck is going to be $75,000 and have 300 miles of range. The Cybertruck's going to be $75,000 with 600 miles of range. So why would you even, you know, dollars spent per mile of range? You think Tesla's expensive. Tesla's one of the most affordable uh, EVs out there. I think in the automotive market, if you're going to buy a car for the amount of technology under the hood, Tesla is so much better than anything else. And so, um, oh, and you're actually bringing up a really thing, fascinating thing is also, which is Elon Musk says Berlin. It, the first car to use the 21 or the Celta structure that's not in the US, it's not the Cybertruck, the semi is the Model Y in Berlin. And that's actually what they're going to use the Fremont line to uh, supplement with with cells. And so if they're going to use the, the Model Y with 4680 in Berlin, I was just scheming with my buddy Julian, shout out to him. We just got our Model Ys and I'm like, bro, I don't have the real Model Y because my auto Model Y has a 2170 cell. The real Model Y is a 450 mile range Model Y with the 4680. I would have paid 10 grand more than that. It doesn't exist. Berlin, it's going to come off the line first. And I don't think Elon wants to say that um, in the US, the Model Y will get the 4680, but I think it will eventually. And I think as a Tesla owner, um, 
I don't know, I've been thinking a lot about, you know, do you need a 450 mile range car? Is it worth it to put all this extra battery and all this extra range in that car for something you only use once every six months? If there's already enough superchargers to go across the country, do we really need more than 300 miles of range? My answer is yes because we need 300 miles of usable range. And when it's cold weather, when you have people in the car, when you're going highway speeds, the 300 miles on my Model Y really goes to 200. And so I personally, to me, the sweet spot, the, you know, I've said the Model Y is the best product available in the market, the best car you can possibly buy for money, you know, fits all your homies, goes extremely fast, drives itself. I wouldn't spend 500 grand on any other car, but I would spend more money on the Model Y with more range. Uh, that is the one kind of thing. And so I think even Tesla hasn't even, as much as we kind of assume that Tesla has gotten to the point where they're better than the internal combustion engine car, there's no compromises, all that stuff. To me, Tesla hasn't even realized their final form, which is the true self-destructure design, which will eventually cascade into all their vehicles because it's first principles. If self-destructure is so much more efficient, then we have to have that um, for all these other vehicles as well. Otherwise, um, nobody else will. And I think it's what's fascinating and blowing my mind about the competitive nature of Tesla is Tesla's been way ahead without having the step change. If Tesla has a four-year advantage where they're putting self-destructure cars on the road and no other EV company is, I mean, the competition thing is an absolute joke. And so, um, I don't know, I've been thinking a lot about the self-destructure innovation. I think this is a, not just something for the Cybertruck and Semi. It will leach across all of Tesla's products. It's probably the biggest fundamental under the hood step change of what's happening with EV technology um, in years. And Another thing that I wanted to, uh, yeah, but the 4680 Model Y, I think is going to be, you know, for 70 grand, a, a 4680, 500, 400 mile range Model Y, that is going to be the car that is truly going to be an absolute game changer. Um, that's the other thing, electric VTOL. Elon was just on the Axel Springer uh, accepting some award. I didn't actually get to watch the whole thing, but I watched his clip about the VTOL jet. Elon Musk is, and I bugged him about the shareholder, this at the shareholder meeting. I was like, bro, okay, 4680, sell the structure, like... Cybertruck's cool, but what about that electric airplane? What about that cargo ship? And Elon, even in his new answer about VTOL jets, mentions that you need higher density for planes than ships. So now I'm like, damn, the, the cyber cargo ship could be sooner on the roadmap than the uh, the electric VTOL. But anyway, you think about the different products this enables, uh, Tesla's electric vertical jet. You know, I, I've never been more convinced that Tesla's gonna make an electric airplane because of Elon's comments there where he's so confident that yes, the battery technology is just out of reach, but we get 400 watt hours per kilogram, we build a thousand kilometer range jet, which is a short haul plane essentially at a 400 watt hours per kilogram energy density, they're already at 300. So to me, it's uh, just a very small, you know, two to three year increase. And they're already like dabbling with R and D cells that can do the electric plane. So, you know, I'm all here, like, I don't care about the electric plane till 2027. And Elon's like, yo, low key in the back, back, back of the lab. I got the cell that could do the electric jet. Like Elon is a year or two away from an electric jet prototype. Actually, I don't want to say that. Cause I don't want to, I don't want to like jump, jump the gun, but reading in between the lines, it seems like Elon's like, we're dabbling with the 400 watt hour kilogram per cell already. So uh, and now you think about the amount of momentum that goes into Tesla's battery day. They raise billions, that battery skunk works that just accelerates momentum across the pace of innovation of that of Tesla's product line. I mean, to me, it's inevitable that Tesla hits 400 watt hours per kilogram. It's inevitable that they launch an electric airplane unless a company comes out that's better at manufacturing with better battery technology. Elon, who's that going to be? Like, <laughs> so um, that's one thing that's fascinating. Okay, we're going to switch gears here. Tesla airplane, that's going to be 2025. Something I, a lot of people are asking me, will Tesla ever outsource its battery pack? This is something we talk about all the time on the channel. I have a hot take. Tesla will never outsource a battery pack to another vehicle maker. Okay, maybe that's a hot take. It might happen in 2040, but I think this will never happen. Hear me out. Why? Why would Tesla, first of all, has enough battery packs. That's, that's the biggest reason we don't have Teslas everywhere is because they can't make enough batteries. 
We're selling half a million Teslas per year here. They want to sell 25 million. We need to get batteries up to 25 million Teslas a year before Elon Musk even thinks about having a meeting to give batteries to someone else. So first of all, that's totally out of the equation. Rule number B, um, you don't need, it's not software, bro. We're not coding up this battery pack and just sending VW a piece of code to Germany that then they can start printing out batteries. We got to move rocks and sand. We got a clay deposit in the lithium, you know, Nevada desert. We got a cathode facility we had to build from the ground up for scratch. Drew is going to lose his shit if Elon gives him another factory to build simultaneously for VW. And second of all, why would we give VW those batteries? We need every battery so we can get. And so, and then in 2040, assuming VW still exists and we finally hit our 25 million cars a year, why would we give, uh, you know, VW the batteries? The whole the way the Model Y is built is with this crazy next level aluminum we co-developed with SpaceX. We're building with robots. We're better at building cars than VW. We're better at building the autonomous software than VW. We're better at building seats than VW. We're better at building the heat pump than VW. Why would we outsource? Why would we give them the best battery to build a crappy car around it when we could just build a better car? Like, it makes no sense when you actually think about it. The entire outsourcing battery idea was was even pitched to me by one of my MBA, you know, hedge fund homies who's never built or run a company. They just print a spreadsheet that says, hey, VW sells 10 million cars a year. If we, you know, print 10 million batteries a year like, and sell them all to VW, then we'll make this much money. It works on the spreadsheet, but it doesn't work in reality. And so I think Tesla, and you think about the future of the automotive market, it's not 50 car brands that Tesla has to outsource to. It's an oligopoly. It's going to totally consolidate and change with autonomous vehicle software. We're going to have one winner. It's going to be a total monopoly scenario, maybe two, but you got to think about you know, what happens here in the mission? You're asking about the mission here. The mission of Tesla is to get everybody going around sustainably. You want the best manufacturing company who's most efficient with her capital to build the vehicle that gets everybody around, right? If we're going to be most efficient for the mission. So that's Tesla. So it would be shooting yourself in the foot to make a crappier company, build a crappier product. That's not going to help the mission. It's just better to have Tesla build all of them. And you think about the autonomous vehicle software that we have to embed in the car from day one that Tesla designed the sensors and the FSD computer chip for. Like, what are we outsourcing here? So I think Tesla, the way the automotive industry unfolds from here, everyone starts to go bankrupt as Tesla continues to, to this is already what we're seeing. It becomes a really oligopoly-esque scenario. Tesla, uh, you know, miles traveled is totally fragmented, is, you know, the leading car brand has 2% of the world's mile traveled per humans, but soon that's going to be 50, 30% of every human traveling around in a car in every city is in a Tesla because they have this autonomous software that's 20 cents a mile to get around versus $2 for the alternative. And it's cleaner and it's safer and it's cooler because I showed up in a Tesla, not in some, you know, guy I don't know's Uber. So that's like a Honda, you know? So to me, uh, there's an unbelievable, and the value of Tesla is the amount of vehicles they produce times the value of autonomy. So this is why Tesla's building, they, they, Tesla's pumping out a billion in cash flow a quarter, doing half a million cars with a 8G autonomy stack. Okay, I see Tesla going to 5 million cars in two or three years, or let's call it three or four years, and then their autonomy stocks were 50 grand a car. You know, what's that, 25 billion? I can't even calculate. 25, 50 billion in free cash flow from the robo-taxi business. And so um, that's what I'm seeing. Those are the levers I'm seeing pulled. And so you're telling me 500 bill for a company that in four years could be in 50 bill in free cash flow just from the robo-taxi, not energy, not moving stuff around. We're just talking about moving people. What about moving stuff? I mean, we're investing in a technology here that is, it's gonna take years for the financial statements to realize the cascading of cash flow that's about to come from all the grinding that Elon and his team of engineers have been doing today. Like, we're not going to see the results till 2030. They're scheming on that VTOL, you know, electric plane battery right now, spending millions on it. And that's, you know, nobody on Wall Street is giving them the cred for the future R&D products on their income statement. Forget about that. Um, but 
you know, so I think somewhere in the back of the lab, Drew's already scheming on that battery, but uh, I can't believe it. And so now the other thing I was thinking about that is like Tesla cargo ship. Elon definitely said that ships batteries could be disrupted before planes. So are we going to get the Tesla uh, cyber cargo ship? I love that product idea. Another crazy Tesla product idea. Okay. We hate flying cars. But what about drones? Aren't drones a really efficient way to move packages? Amazon's doing that whole scheme. What about a bigger cargo drone um, that could move packages really efficiently or maybe people in certain corridors of certain cities where the noise is blocked, where there's nobody underneath? I think that's actually a really fascinating product. And if it were to exist, Tesla's in the best place to do it because they have the best, lightest, most efficient self-destructure batteries. So this is just another example of a hundred billion sci-fi, totally crazy project that Elon Musk doesn't even want to do that I think Tesla shareholders could make a huge amount on. And so um, I love you guys. The comments here are awesome. I, I'm trying to keep up with everything going on, but I got a couple more startups to throw at you, honestly. Tesla smart home. So I, shout out to Dreamcase because I just slept in my Tesla for the first uh, time, like, like use it as a camp mode. Dude, the Tesla as a bed, the amount of, of value I just got for my Tesla because I can sleep in it in a really cozy, like luxury hotel room now, drive around, freedom. Oh my gosh, the Tesla smart home. Turn the Tesla semi into one of those cute new YouTuber trends of little tiny homes that you're making, but it has solar panels, but it's off the grid with a battery. It collects your rainwater. I mean, this is the future of humanity's living is we're not tied to a place of a home. Our home is mobile. Our home is a power generating thing. It's off the grid. It does everything itself. It has a little windmill that pops out if it's windy because there's no sun. Like uh, it can autonomously go to the sunniest spot to get the best solar power. Um, you know, I when I think about the future I want to live in, it's in my Tesla mobile home exploring the world. Um, and, you know, I think about the value that Tesla's technology provides to each human who eventually will use their services. I can go anywhere sustainably and safely. I can live anywhere sustainably and safely. I have all my energy, I have all my water. Um, this is to me worth $1,000 a month for my living, my for probably $2,000, probably like, well, let's price it in Bitcoin because it's going to be in the future. You know, what is this? Like 0.1 Bitcoin a month, you know, that's 1900 uh, USD currently. 0.1 Bitcoin a month, Tesla times 2 billion people doing this. I mean, what are we making? Like, you know, 200 million Bitcoin a month in earnings potential, you know, I, that's not, there's more, that's not even, they don't, they don't even have that much Bitcoin out there. Like, so, uh, that's a product that I really think would be exciting that I want to, to for Tesla to have. And imagine if you had this like tote sort of like Tesla semi trucks trailer home, and then it like shoots out all these solar panels when you're in a sunny spot, like deploys like, and then you're like charging up in the desert with like getting all this range. Like, um, it could just be so exciting. And and um, but going back to like, okay, screw my crazy Tesla smart home vision. Let's talk about the actual Tesla semi they're building. Why is the Tesla team so pumped about this? You get inside Tesla, you're like, yo, what's good with the semi? They're like, bro. Only 3% of the cars on the road are semis, but it's like 50% of the emissions. They tell it like it's a secret in their Monopoly game that they're about to win. They're like, bro, <laughs> fossil fuel emissions have no idea what we're scheming with the semi truck because we're about to, <laughs> like, I love it. And so um, I know they've been really rigorously testing the semi truck. It's so, it's a, such a different product. Uh, you know, it's all about the economics. You're not, in, you know, I get around in my Tesla, I would say it's a 20 to 30% is the battery technology in the Tesla. Like, it's more about the look. It's about the comfy. With the truck, it's about, is it economically better than the internal combustion engine truck? That's the only thing that matters to these trucking companies. You're not selling it to individuals. You're selling it to fleets. Totally different just system there. Even though it's pretty simple, we're using the electric drive to rebound stuff, not people. It's like, got to build a whole new business. Jeez. But that is what it is. And uh, it's more testing. It's more rigorous. It's a different battery. And so 
Oh, thank you for the super chat. I'm a Tesla millionaire because of you. Not because of me, bro. It's because of you. Um, see you on Mars, dude. I appreciate that. Yeah. But the, uh, the Tesla, dude, platooning. I think platooning trucks, look, you have one guy driving his truck here in the front and then you have three trucks behind it platooning. Google Tesla semi platooning. They put this out. This was a scheme. Um, and I think it's much easier to get a autopilot on the highway, FSD city streets, bro. That's a nightmare. FSD autopilot platooning on the highway is much simpler from a first principles basis, in my opinion. I don't know about the legality of it, but platooning on the highway when you have one driver in front with three semis behind it, but sounds like a simple first kind of iteration of this. But think about the the monetization potential of the driver. You know, we put out a moonshot Monday like three years ago about how the Tesla semi freight network would generate trillion, potentially be like a trillion dollar company. And I, it's like, what, what is the cost operating truck? Like 30 or 40% is the driver. If we have one truck and two trucks behind it, and each of those trucks behind it have 30% of the driver cost removed, the, the cost of trucking goes down. So what is a great innovation? A great innovation is um, a, a market that expands, uh, something that expands the market. You know, uh, if we're going to make trucking better, wouldn't the trucking market grow? Because it would, it would, it would eat into other shipping services. Exactly. That's why that the, you've heard Elon say the Tesla semi truck will disrupt a rail. So right now, for a lot of stuff, you want to move it slower, less efficiently. But on this like certain route that Warren Buffett built 50 years ago, it's still cheaper to move rail than a truck. But even that's not going to be true. So this is another reason why Warren Buffett's sloughing and needs to buy Tesla stock is because his entire Burlington Northern like railroad dude, it's like, dude, railroad is still how you're planning to get rich. Like this is like 150 years ago. Um, is going to get totally disrupted by the cost profile of traditional trucking dropping by significant degree because of first platooning and then true full autonomy with the Tesla freight network. Um, think about what we order on Amazon. The biggest Achilles heel for Amazon's business is in some ways the way I think about the biggest Achilles heel for TikTok's business. What's the biggest Achilles heel for TikTok, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, that you have to use this phone. You have to use Apple's phone. I have to use this to connect. So this is the biggest Achilles heel of every social network is they're relying on this hardware to get it all done. So what's app, Amazon's biggest Achilles heel is the best battery technology in the world. The thing that's going to be moving all their packages around is going to be Tesla. So to me, there is, you know, now I'm thinking about it is, is, is Bezos as much of a threat to Tesla as Tesla is to Bezos. That's why Bezos is probably beefing. Honestly, I just had an aha moment because if there's a step pl platform in, in trucking technology and it's so much cheap, like Amazon is pinching pennies on shipping. They're like literally squeezing every little margin they can. That's why I've always been baffled that they would go for the crappier Rivian technology instead of Tesla's. But of course you don't want to help Tesla get better because Tesla, you know, this is a really interesting scenario because Amazon is moving around all the stuff we're going to buy constantly. And Tesla is going to come up with a cheaper, more efficient, safer way to move it around. So will Amazon go against first principles thinking and use the crappier legacy system or try and deal with Rivian to get a good car to come out? Like, um, super chat, bro, are you still piloting the hyper ship in chill mode? No, I'm not. I go, I, I got acceleration mode or I'm going to get the acceleration boost for my Tesla. So, um, it's awesome. Okay. Uh, any other questions here? Actually. I don't think I finished my rant, to be honest. Um, solar roof. So I have a whole video coming out about the new solar roof that is going to drop V4. Tesla doesn't even know that V4 is coming out. They probably do, but they haven't said anything. But of course, they're going to come out with V4. Um, the solar roof. It costs a Model 3. I mean, I think this is the biggest, like, just if I could, like, shake somebody about, like, Tesla's not a car company. It's this solar roof thing. 
every single roof go outside is not collecting energy. It's going to be absurd to me that we all run our cars on dinosaur juice that we imported from halfway around the world with questionable labor practices that we use more dinosaur juice to ship here to plug into our car that we had to drive to go to a gas station to fill up. Like it's just the dumbest system ever when we have free energy that we're not collecting hitting our rooftop every day. The dinosaur juice thing it, it blows my mind from a first principles base. It's going to take 10 years for Tesla to reinvent this vision. No more dinosaur juice. We're just going to collect the sunlight. But to me, that is the biggest part of the Tesla thesis. Okay, autonomy, we can get to that later. But this, this idea that, you know, Tesla has a trifecta of a business model. They create products that consume energy, cars, trucks. We, cons we do a lot of things that consume energy, your home, HVAC, um, products that produce energy, solar panels, wind energy, I think they might eventually get into, and then store energy, store energy the the batteries so you have this trifecta of storage production consumption and this is the tesla flywheel of products every single product that tesla makes can be uh put into this in, in this flywheel and so the boring company bro don't comment that I'm gonna get on a tangent the boring company if i was like elon should we buy the boring company i think we should tesla's got so much capital the thing we're shooting through the boring company is the Teslas. The boring company drivetrain loop system is using the Tesla thing. The boring company's already purchased equipment from Tesla. It's a transportation problem. Tesla's a transportation company, um, but it is too much heavy infrastructure. And so um, I don't know. I think that Tesla and the boring company will collaborate and we're going to be shooting through our in, through boring company tunnels in our Teslas in the future constantly. So there's a lot of synergy there. But um yeah, I, I, I don't know. I got some super chats. Do I ever worry about Tesla being disrupted in 20 years because of focus? Yes. I mean, Tesla's going to become a big company and they're going to have to fight all the big company things. But you know what I love about Tesla? This is why I was so pissed when Elon got voted out as chairman. This is where I had a really hot take on the governance because exactly what you're saying. Because I see every company dilute their focus, hire a board of directors who doesn't care, get lose this owner-operator, visionary, founder mentality that is their biggest asset. They, they wash that away. They suppress this passion and try and normalize the company and fit it in a box and turn it to an IBM. I hate that. If that happens to Tesla, they will fail. And that is exactly why that I was so frustrated when they took Elon out as the chairman role because a bunch of people and pressure from people who didn't think about the best long-term inside of the company and who weren't, it's not what the shareholders wanted. I, I wanted Elon Musk to be chairman and CEO. I want this to be a dictatorship because that's what I'm betting on. I want to bet on Elon's vision. And it was really, really frustrating to me when they kicked him out as chairman because I think that was the first step of Tesla becoming a bureaucratic, uh, losing focus company with too many cooks in the kitchen. And so... That's my hot take on it, and I and I and I say that strongly because I want Tesla to know that, like, and I think you should let Tesla know as a shareholder that that's really what we want. We want that owner, visual operator, founder. It's Elon Musk breaking the rule, telling, doing exactly the opposite of what the suits said for ten years that got us here. So now, why are we bringing the suits in the room? Like, you know what I mean? Um, Hyperguap. I've got no nothing on Hyperguap yet. I'm gonna have a new. I'm gonna have a deal hopefully in about a couple weeks. But I yeah, nothing on that yet. Um, um, Elon's to be a worker. Um, okay. So do we have anything else to scheme on here? SpaceX. So I'm working on a presentation. Uh, I invested in SpaceX called SpaceX to a trillion dollars. Um, I want to put that out there because SpaceX's price goes up every day, it seems, but, um, that's going to be something really, really exciting that I'm, uh, working on another super chat. How do you think Tesla can convince as many Europeans, um, without private parking? to chant charge at their home, combat range anxiety. So 
I don't know. The short answer is I think people are a lot more scared about charging their Tesla than they should be. It's it's 300 miles of range. I've had mine parked outside for two weeks, two days. I haven't charged it in three days. Still 60%. I'm driving all around town. I think, um, yes, charging infrastructure has to catch up to to EVs, but you know, I'm not I'm not worried about it. I think once you get your Tesla, you realize it's a lot easier to charge it than you think because um, everybody has electricity. You know, there's not that many gas stations out there. You gotta, there's only like, you know, 20 in your town or whatever. Outlets, there's like 20,000. And people, uh, even though it charges slow, like, you know, a percent an hour or whatever on a super slow charger, like that's what I use. Like I don't even need to install a fast charger because a percent an hour is still like 50 or 80 miles of range a day or whatever. Like it's way more than I would ever use. And so, um, but I do think urban superchargers, like you're saying, will be a growth avenue. Okay, that's too small though. We gotta think, let, let's think bigger here. Who's got some... Uh, some crazy things for me. Oh, whew, almost forgot my my uh, biggest rant. Apple turns the phone into a computer, creates trillions and tri- the only thing more valuable than Apple as a two trillion dollar company is like the ten trillion dollars of market cap they created of apps built on top of this thing. Okay, maybe it's not ten, but it's like Facebook, YouTube, LinkedIn, Twitter, uh, Uber, Lyft, DoorDash, every single thing, TikTok. They're all created on this. When we turn the phone into a computer, Tesla is turning the car into a computer. And so I think the applications that are built on top of the Tesla network will single-handedly accrue $10 trillion in market value. Apple takes a 30% cut of their thing. Tesla has said, when we have millions of cars on the road, it will make sense to launch an app store. It will make sense to unlock this platform. And it doesn't even matter to me, and it doesn't even make sense really to unlock it, screw millions of cars on the road, till we're autonomous. Okay, I have an idea for a cinnamon roll startup. Please do not take this idea. Freshly baked cinnamon rolls. I love cinnamon rolls. Why is this not a thing? Where I have to buy cinnamon rolls that were baked like three days ago. It's 2020. I can't even get a good freshly baked cinnamon roll delivered to my door, but the service doesn't exist. But I love cinnamon rolls. But it's a distribution problem. It's because we don't have cheap, efficient distribution of stuff around our cities and robo-taxis dropping the cost of 10x, making it autonomous. I can just put my cinnamon rolls in my car and they can go, you know, be delivered to everybody. Like, you know, Tesla's gonna get a cut of my future cinnamon roll startup. So that's just one example of how even the cinnamon roll business will get changed by autonomy and how Tesla will get uh, will, will get will become the toll booth of every single uh, movement that happens in our economy, whether it's people, whether it's stuff. I mean, I can't, I'm doing such a bad art- job at articulating this because the apps that will be built on top of the Tesla network have yet to be existed, have yet to be created. And so it's, it's really hard to wrap, like we, who was gonna predict Twitter before the iPhone came out? You know, who's gonna predict you know, how Instagram. And so, um, like Tesla, like could they put zoom out of business? Like, why would I, why am I taking meetings here? I just go on my Tesla, click a button. Now I'm video chatting, you know, um, it's, it's up to the imagination. And at this point, Tesla's resources have been very strained on like, let's make software that like makes the car move. Let's make like dog modes. Your dog's not going to die. Like it's been very like risk, like, like building, like, like defense, uh, coding. And now Tesla is going to start going on offense coding, gaming. That's a billions and billions of market that, you know, your Tesla is basically a $80,000 Xbox too. So um, I think of, when you think about this, uh, I, I, the to me, the value of autonomy is hard to fathom when it's just the amount of cars Tesla's producing times the value of autonomy per car. Why is that value of autonomy worth hundreds of thousands because of what you can do with it, whether it's delivering cinnamon rolls or moving people around? Um, yeah. So... I don't know, I hope that was a good analogy, but when I think about Tesla, I think nothing about the financial, to be frank, 
nothing about the financials and cash flow and, and anything about the financials matter other than Tesla has enough money to make their autonomous software get better so that it will launch. And when it's avail available to launch, they can build 10 million of these autonomous cars a year. Nothing else matters. I do not want them to make money. I don't want them to pump out profits. Nothing else matters. If we can get this autonomous car launched, and that's what Tesla is. It's a Trojan horse. The entire business model of Tesla is we're not going to ever make a dollar. We're basically going to be cash flow neutral for our entire history until we develop. Like, like we're putting, we're almost, we're selling you a car basically at cost when it's all said and done with the cost of the company to get those miles, to get the flywheel of billions of miles of data. Because once we figure out this problem, the greatest human achievement of artificial intelligence to date, a general solution for driving a vehicle in the world is going to be a mind-bogglingly incredible scientific achievement by Tesla and Elon Musk. I mean, the balls to do this, the vision-based autonomy system when everyone said you need LiDAR. I mean, this is, this is they're, 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 they're going to write books and stories about how epic of a development this was. And I mean, I remember at Autonomy Day, I, got, I was lucky enough to be in the first Tesla ride with Ross Goober, of course, or Ross Gerber and Julian. And we're in the first demo, the autonomous Tesla software. We drove all around, had one intervention, but it was like literally this engineer's in the front seat, like it's doing its whole thing. And um, I had this, this, this eureka moment of, wow, I trust the car's software. Like I, I got out of the car. I was walking in San Francisco the next day and I see this car come up to me and this lady's texting and she's kind of sees me. She's kind of slowing down, but I'm like, I'm not going to cross. And I have a moment. I'm like, I wish it was the Tesla driving. So, and, and, then, and then I took some back. I was like, wait, did I just wish that the AI Tesla was driving that car instead of a human because I thought it would be safer? Yes. So it's one thing to see the data. It's one thing to hear about it. But for my gut instinct, like, like be like, I wish I had a Tesla with eight cancers and, or eight sensors and radar to, to make it so I didn't crap, you know, not a two, a human with two cameras that are always distracted. And so, um, in many ways, you know, software is eating transportation. And so if I can get the cost of mile moving around from $2 to 20 cents, that's everything. So Elon said level five with conviction to customers uh, next year. Thoughts? Timing of full self-driving is gonna be fascinating. I don't think Elon knows. I don't think anybody really knows, uh, but it's the pace of innovations is gonna be crazy. I mean, think about it like this. Like we already have it out to a couple hundred people. They're already testing it, getting it better. Like I'm not, I'm not predicting, you know, when it's going to come out, what's going to happen. All I know is that as a Tesla customer, I drove to California, it drove itself the entire way on the highway there. And it's getting way, way better every time I do an update. So that I know. And now I know some of my friends, you know, Raj, Tesla owners of Silicon Valley who are getting this update. It's like, it's incredible. It's mind blowing. They're going to train it. It's at a couple hundred people now, soon a couple thousand in the U.S. I mean, this is, I'm surprised nobody catching on. Like, where's the mainstream media coverage of like, Tesla's flipping the switch right now. Yeah, only 400 of them, but uh, this is happening. So to me, when I see a comment of like level five happening next year sometime, should we get excited? I'm like, no, I'm excited about the level five happening right now for, for uh, you know, 200 people in beta mode. And I don't have FSD. You know, if I get FSD, I'm going to tell you, but uh, all right. Anything else that we should talk about? Um, I do think the trajectory of autonomous pricing, uh, is going to go up significantly after this update rolls out. I think, you know, I bought my FSD, I think for seven or eight grand. Um, I think that is a 20 or $50,000 software package very soon. And to me, that is, is the mind boggling thing of Tesla. Like that's what I keep coming back to. Like they make a billion dollars a quarter selling 500,000 cars with an 8G autonomy package. 
We're gonna be selling 2 million cars a quarter before we know it with a 20G package. That's 8 billion in quarterly cash flow. So, you know, times four, whatever, 32, and times 30, that's a trillion. So we're at a trillion dollar company value in a year or two. So that's still a savage CAGR from today's valuation. So I, I'm trying not to get caught up in the euphoria of, of is Tesla overvalued? You know, I'm just always gonna justify the crazier and crazier bull case now that it goes up. Um, and I do think there's a huge, oh, soft, I hope that's you. We do need to go for an FSD drive, totally. Um, but like, yeah, I got, sorry, I got sidetracked there from soft, but uh, you know, I don't know. I just think this autonomous thing is, is an absolute game changer. And I think about the cash flow, like it's almost like, it, it's like every financial banker's dream. To, to come up with a business model that is this profitable. It breaks all norms. I was even talking with Dave Lee on investing and we're like, what is Tesla gonna do with all this money? Like they can't spend it fast enough. Actually, I have an idea because Elon's other company needs funding, SpaceX. I don't know, I, I have a big other scheme there that I'm gonna let that um, happen later. Will Tesla convert their treasury to Bitcoin? I would, I don't know. Elon Musk is not a uh, believer in Bitcoin. Um, but hey, if 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 they had been converting their treasury to it, it would have been a good move. Um, Tesla should make an all-terrain trailer home for the Cybertruck to haul with Tesla HVAC plus boring geothermal refrigeration and freezer. Yes, uh, Chandra, thanks for the super chat. This is a, a awesome idea. I think I can add it to the broadcast. Ooh, look at that! Look at how fancy that is. So yes, you're right. I think this is huge. I think um, totally. And what if your your trailer is like autonomous and follows you as well? Um, I think that would be epic, but I, um, I mean, this to me is the real holy grail of living in your Tesla. As weird and as lame as it sounds, to me, the disruption of of how you can live somewhere because of camp mode is is, and this is kind of what you're going with the Cybertruck trailer thing is equally like fascinating as some of their other disruptions. And I didn't realize it until I slept in my Tesla. Another super chat from Justin here. Oh, this looks like a genius comment. Google is the aggregator of digital assets by controlling access to customers. Tesla will do the same for the physical world. Wow. I mean, this is a really deep quote. I'm like, whoa, Justin, bro, you're crushing it here. And Tesla's data that they are collecting. I mean, let's think about if Tesla wants to send you to a restaurant, like the power that they have to get you to that restaurant. You wanna go shopping. Boom. You want to go hiking. You want to stay somewhere. Tesla is that hardware middleman in between all those places and all those choices. I don't know if that's what you're saying, but to me, that's why there's so much value here. And I love the analogy of the, the Google and Tesla. To me, Tesla's the new Google in the way that it gets all of this data for free and it's constantly getting better by itself. Like this to me is the, is the beautiful flywheel uh, of just sort of laws of the universe of why Tesla's winning because they have the flow of data, this flow, just mountain, just river stream of data flowing to them constantly every day that no one else has, and it hasn't started. And if you, you nobody's valuing that data. Like, I'm, like Adam Jonas is probably on this live stream. I'm waiting for him to come out with a note next week saying Tesla's millions, millions of miles collecting per day is worth a billion dollar. You know, it's worth 50 million a day of data they're getting. Where's that? It's not on the income statement. It's it's valued in technology. It's valued in their neural net. So that's why I always say the value of you, you know, the financial statements will lag for decades potentially on the value of the technology that your company's created and the ability for that to generate cash flows. And so 
I want to end this live stream by by really harping on this idea that Elon Musk has had that Tesla is a collective of dozens of startups that each are worth hundreds of billions of dollars. And, and, and this is a, a future behemoth that is changing the way of how we consume, produce, and store energy in our economy, which is a tr trillions of dollars of flywheel that only gets better and bigger as humanity keeps expanding to Mars and planets beyond. So I got some super chats to catch up on. Previously, autopilot and FSD gap was pretty narrow. Yes, you're right. So I, you know, I think the FSD attachment rates, you know, 30% and it's not that much of a gap. Although I got to say auto park, I've got my money's worth from auto park. Like this is the coolest FSD feature, like showing your friends that it can park itself. So I use it all the time. So I already feel like my autopilot's paid for itself, but our FSD's paid for itself. But I do agree more FSD features, higher attachment rate. Um, the, the, to me, what I'm trying to say, Robert is FSD is an amazing deal already. And I'm so happy I bought it. And it's, and like you said, that gap is just barely even widening. And now it's about to, so imagine how happy and pumped people are going to be paid even more than I paid. What about SpaceX, space power providing from sun to earth or space, SpaceX rocket? Okay, this is out of my depth. Could we shoot a bunch of solar panels into space and collect energy and send that down? Sure, maybe. But I think we already have enough. Just like, let's get the energy that's hitting our roof every day from the sun before we start go into space for it, right? Like we still, let, 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 let's use all the energy here on earth. Like that's, you know, before we, that's what, that's already like the no brainer. Like we're already going to like Saudi Arabia and Russia to get the oil. Or I guess we do have it in the middle of the country here too, but like that's still way further than the sun that's hitting our roof. Um. Oh, Jack, thanks for the super chat. So Elon could be back as chairman in 2021. That's an excellent comment. Um, I will be voting and pushing for that heavily because of what I said earlier. Um, where I believe that that focus from the chairman and CEO position when you have an owner-operator, visionary founder like Elon is, is really a huge asset that we have. Um, do you think Tesla will have to structure their business like Alphabet? Um, not for a very, very long time. And I think the reason why Alphabet's structuring it like that is not because they're big and they have to, but because their, their founders want to retire. And so... It, it's a, about the will of the founders. Um, and I, so I think Alphabet is, as you know, it was a PhD project that Larry and Sergey came up with that made a trillion dollars. And now they're just retiring, driving their Teslas around, trying to build flying cars or whatever, having fun. Like, I don't think, you know, uh, and I think that's why there's a, a dilution of ideas and, and kind of progress from Google. I don't think it's because they got too big necessarily. Like, I think it's just a coincidence that when you get too big, you lose innovation. Uh, it, it, like, it, like there's a lot of pressures on you that make you get too big, too much of a conglomerate, dilute your focus when you get big, but it doesn't have to, it's not inevitable. You can fight it. And to me, Elon getting back on as chairman is us fighting that. Um, $10, to, Elon can say Tesla run a satellite company. Oh. Uh, Elon, will you start to run a satellite phone company that links Tesla to cars, and AT&T, yeah. So Starlink to me is one of the most fascinating uh, parts of Elon Musk's empire. And I think an extreme, this is a huge reason I invested in SpaceX. So I was like, okay, like rockets going to Mars for 50 billion, a $3 billion launch business. Like, what am I doing here? But wait, that launch business is technology and reusable rocket launches can means we can re take a look at the satellite business. And the Starlink business is the first arching business on top of the platform that SpaceX has built of reusable rockets. And so now we have Starlink launching on the back of this reusable rocket technology. And I see that just as the first of many applications on top of the railroads of space that SpaceX is building, uh, which we can't even fathom. Just like Tesla is building a platform um, with its, its 
app store where we can get around, get food, do everything with the autonomous car. To me, SpaceX is building another sort of transportation uh, launch platform, which which will be essentially a toll road for how to get to and from space and launch stuff in space. And when I think about the future of humanity, us going to space, um, that ability to launch everything cheaply and get it into space safely is, you know, everything. It's it's almost the NPV of, of future humanity because to me, uh, the the only way we, you know, we, how do our human brains work? We always jump ahead. We always think about the future. What's happening? What's, what's it going to go? When we think about the future, it's like, okay, we're at one planet. And then the second you fathom that we might go to somewhere else, you know, Mars, to me, Mars isn't like the end. Mars is the beginning. Um, Mars is just the start of like this true colonization of all these other planets and worlds. And think about if you owned a company. That's like to me owning like Jamba Juice stock back in the day. I love Jamba Juice stock and they had one location. It's like, all right, we're doing pretty good. We can buy them in that one location. We can launch breakfast there. We can launch... You know, we'll, we'll roll out like a, a tea service for the afternoon to boost sales, but it's always kind of capped on that one little world, that one little location. Now we're like, wait, we can build another location and another location and another. So I think humanity is going through this, this massive zero to one expansion. We haven't figured out how to make life sustainable on earth yet, but Tesla's going to solve it just as we start to colonize other worlds. And so you're going to have this, we're at this, when I think about my privilege as an investor, uh, and just sort of economic student anthropologists of the game during this time. I mean, it's a gift. I feel like I'm, you know, how could you, humanity is in this unbelievable, unprecedented boom of value and, and monetary creation and wealth and ideas and just so much excitement and innovation occurring in humanity. I truly believe we're in the area of hyperchange and we're, and we're so blessed to be witnessing all of this. Um, and there's nothing more exciting than becoming monkeys on one rock and to like space civilization that's on every rock. To like literally Star Wars and Star Trek are not just sci-fi, but they are truly our future. And that, and because humanity likes to jump ahead to the end conclusion, we're all, the second we get to Mars, the second it looks like SpaceX is going to go to Mars, the second people start colonizing, we're going to have this incredible hope and inspiration about the trajectory of the future humanity that is infinite. That, you know, our potential is as infinite as the universe and the light of consciousness will just keep expanding because of technologies like Elon that Elon is building. And that's why I love Elon, like such a scientist down when it comes down to it, like expanding the light of consciousness, you know, making it so we have a better shot on Earth with Tesla so we can expand with SpaceX. Like I, it's as much as he looks at the world and life as a simulation in a video game, to me, that's equally like the value and excitement of it is he wants to maximize what we have here, this value of this simulation and... Um, I don't know. So, so I really feel blessed about all of this. And I think it's, it's, it's such an exciting time and it's so ripe for thinking outside the box about what is possible, what's new. I mean, the, the, you know, I don't know if people watching think Tesla's as crazy as I do, but I just, for my whole investing career, I mean, I'm not that old, but like just people tell me what can't be done how SpaceX can't do it, how Tesla can't do it. And so to see them break through and do it in such difficult industries like SpaceX out doing what NASA did, you know, Tesla doing it all from scratch, built in Silicon Valley, made in the US when everybody is writing articles about how no manufacturing is never coming back. Steve Jobs, we're never going to build the iPhone here, but we're building the car here again. You know, it's like, uh, so it, it's it's been fascinating to watch the rewrite of what's possible. I don't know, I'm getting totally off track here, but this is uh, why I feel really excited and blessed to be an investor at this age because I think it's 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 a once in a lifetime opportunity. The bigger we get, the faster we grow. Elon's comment. Yeah, I, I think that's a little bit true, but it's you know they're going to grow from such a big base. Eventually, Tesla's going to get so big they can't keep growing at fifty percent per year. That's the reality. Um, 
Why is talking about said age reversal can be done already? I didn't see, see this part, but that sounds like something Elon Musk would be into. Um, the other thing, well, okay, I got like two minutes left. So the other thing I think about that's fascinating with Tesla is, will Tesla launch a humanoid robot? I believe Tesla is in the position to launch a humanoid robot. Will we have ex machina like butlers around our house? I know Amazon was working on Alexa robot. I mean, Tesla's vision-based autonomous system, their really uh, like manufacturing ability for electronics, their ability to build a super small, compact, compact, quiet, efficient electric motor and battery. I mean, they're building computers. To me, the where I see Tesla's is, is competing with Apple as a computer company at its core, just the Tesla computers have wheels on them right now. But eventually, that's why everyone said Tesla, Apple should have bought Tesla because they see this synergy. And, and to me, eventually the future of humanity is cyborgs, right? Like we're already cyborgs with our phone, but this is gonna eventually go here in our head with Neuralink. And so when I think about how humanity evolves and, and the future of our cyborg selves, I think that Elon Musk is in the best position ever to capitalize this and to build the Neuralink chip. And then Tesla's building like maybe your humanoid body that you transfer your consciousness with your Neuralink chip, chip into. I don't know where I'm going with this, but you know, the value of the technology that Tesla's building today, we can't fathom where it is. And so I love open-ended things. Like my favorite investments are one where I can't think of all the ways it could go right. Like, you know, Bitcoin, it's such a big new idea. I couldn't, I couldn't like, okay, maybe that's not an example, but like Tesla, like I can't, every time I sit down and think about the future of battery technology and electronics and what humanity is going to come out with, I'm like, oh my God, Tesla could launch that or Tesla could do this. And so, um, in many ways, I my, my most bullish and excitement about Tesla is knowing that I don't know what they're going to come up with next. It's this call option on Elon Musk, the greatest inventor of our time. It's it's that's what Wall Street can't put in their spreadsheet. That's what nobody's been able to fathom is this intangible what's next because of the the pushing of the technology. It's you know as you push the technology, new products, new services, like the the new company, like you know the comp the new next biggest change the world thing is never smaller than the last biggest change the world thing. The next biggest company in the world that changes everything is going to be bigger than Apple was at its peak. It's going to be five or 10 trillion. And it's going to be Tesla, in my opinion. Like I wrote, I had hodling till 1 trillion in my bio on Twitter for years. And then I took it out because like, I don't know, I put a new bio. The Financial Times wrote a whole article about it. But now I'm almost tempted to put back in hodling till 10 trill because that's where my conviction has moved up on this story. And I just think computers, technology software is eating the world. And when I think about the value of the technology and software that Tesla is building, it is more than Apple. I mean, maybe Neuralink, but I don't know. I'm getting sidetracked here um, to end the live stream, but this has been such a good Tesla scheme. I'm trying to think outside the box because I think, uh, you know, as much as the, the stock price and excitement has been around Tesla, like the equity price and the value, sure, that's cool. But I'm, I'm having so much more fun nerding out on the product, the vision, the roadmap, the technology that is being built at Tesla. Who cares about the S&P? Who cares what this quarter's numbers are? Who I care what is going on at Cato Road with that new electric plane battery cell that they're scheming on in the back right now. They won't tell us. Like, that's what I'm thinking about. And and uh, maybe there's like that ex machina humanoid Tesla robot. I don't know. Maybe that's, that, I'm just totally off the wall with that product idea. But um, anyway, this has been such a fun Scheme with G podcast. I'll do more of these. Um, please let me know what you think in the comments below. Like, I want all of your feedback on these ideas. What trillion dollar startup did I miss? Is it the autonomous cargo drone? Is it the Tesla home that you're going to live in that has HVAC everything? Is it the V4 solar roof with water collection that purifies your water? Is it the Tesla freight network with trucks platooning? Is it the model out the 4680? Is it the Tesla app store that turns, you know, you tell me. Um, 
Anyway, this is HyperChange. I love y'all. Thank you so much for tuning in. Huge shout out to our Patreon supporters, producers, uh, funding the channel. I have a weekly newsletter I send out every week on Patreon that kind of has my inside scoop, all my low-key schemes, um, and supports the channel. So I really appreciate that. Patreon.com slash HyperChange. HyperChangers, y'all are the best. Have an epic day. Um, happy Wednesday. I'll see y'all soon.